1: Thanks for joining us today.
0: It's almost Remembrance Day, and we want to give a shout out to all the heroes that have served or are serving in our armed forces.
1: We are so grateful for the sacrifices that you make for us and our countries.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes the breadth of those sacrifices aren't always widely talked about. How the military way of life demands sacrifices from all aspects of a soldier's life and their families. That is very true. Often people
1: think their sacrifice ends when they are off duty, and that is not the case. Not at
0: all. There have actually been some contradicting studies done on whether intimate partner violence happens more often among military professionals. But in one study done in the UK, where we'll be visiting today for our case, it found higher prevalences of intimate partner violence and abuse in the military compared to the general population in both experiences and the effects of that violence.
1: Oh, wow. Do they think that's from like PTSD, that type of a thing affecting that?
0: Well, the study highlighted both non-military and military factors associated with the increased risk of violence, like relationship dissatisfaction, military trauma, and mental health difficulties as key areas that contributed to the intimate partner violence that was among military personnel. I
1: can see how that would happen.
0: So I think it's one of those things that we don't always recognize that that's one of the other sacrifices that our military personnel make.
1: And it's kind of a taboo thing to talk about Mm -hmm. because these are our national heroes and we don't want to look at them as abusers. Yeah. And look at what is happening while they are serving our countries to change their mental health or bring that trauma on that would then cause
0: them to project that onto somebody else. It's so true, but serving in the military is one of those traits that is common among serial killers. Absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. And there are several that go from hero to zero. Oh no. Today we're going to talk about a guy that isn't a serial killer, but is a class A dirtbag. He's a real zero. Mm-hmm. His personality at times is a complete oxymoron, but despite that, I know he is going to be a dirtbag that you're going to love to hate.
1: Oh man,
0: I can get really riled sometimes if you haven't noticed. <laughs> this one's going to rile you up. Oh. This supposed hero uses his military training and expertise to manipulate and terrorize a beautiful young woman. Oh. This case blurs the lines between romantic persistence that we see in all those rom-coms and threatening obsession.
1: This is so unfortunate when we see this kind of thing happen. And I think what makes these type of perpetrators so much more dangerous is they have this military background. They are strong and they are trained to fight. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that in the way that this
0: dirt bag does reconnaissance around this woman's home.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, I
0: don't like them already. I just feel it's so important to point out the behaviors and relationship attributes that led to this young woman's death. Her family has asked that her full story be told and have requested in all of the court case documents that her name be used.
1: Well, I'm glad that you're covering it today, then, because if we can help a victim's family even just a little bit, we're grateful to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I just admire them so much for being able to live in their pain of her loss, to be able to tell her story over and over again so that it doesn't happen to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So the young woman we're going to talk about today is Alice Ruggles. She joined her family on December 24th in 1991 and for every Christmas after that, made the Christmas holiday a three-day affair within her family of six in the quiet village of Terlangton in Leicestershire. Her family was close-knit, and she didn't follow the rules of being a middle child, mm. always making her presence known with her sharp sense of humor and mischievous pranks. She sounds like a little firecracker. Mm-hmm. Even as an adult, she remained close with her family, and her endless banter on the family WhatsApp group could have made eyes roll. As a youth, she was a natural entertainer who often sang in school concerts, led karaoke at friends' parties, and was generally the life and soul of any party. Making friends was second nature to Alice. She was popular and successful throughout school. She attended Northumbria University, choosing the school for its competitive fencing program. She was a great sportsman and became the university's fencing club captain. In 2012, she won the Women's Ebay in the Leeds Open. Wow. She's a trained fighter.
1: That's amazing. So she really has a zest for life.
0: hmm After graduating with a degree in design engineering, she worked for the UK broadcasting company Sky in Newcastle, England. At her job, she was the same kind, energetic, life-of-the-party person, and it made her successful and really sought after. Her infectious personality and wit were renowned around the office. She was well-liked by her colleagues and had many friends. She wasn't shy or quiet, and she definitely was not a pushover. She wasn't the kind of woman her family ever saw entering into an abusive relationship. That was until she met Lance Corporal Triman Dillon, who went by Harry.
1: Oh, no. It's always so shocking to me when you see such a confident, strong woman, how one man can have such a hold over her and how she can allow that one person to treat her differently than she would allow
0: anybody else in her life. That's right. There's this misconception that somebody that's in an abusive relationship is this mousy, quiet person that can't stand up for themselves. And that definitely wasn't the case with Alice at the beginning.
1: No, it doesn't sound like it. Mm -mm. You can tell by looking at her picture. What a bubbly personality she has. Yeah, she's just full of life.
0: Yeah. In early October in 2015, Alice, at 23, visited Sri Lanka with a girlfriend. While the two women enjoyed their time, they posted pictures of their adventures on their Facebook feeds. Harry saw Alice's picture on a friend's Facebook and messaged their mutual friend on October 11th saying, Your friend is one of the most naturally beautiful girls I have ever seen. Can you set us up?
1: So it's starting like a typical love story.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Alice at first was a little put off by Harry's initial way of trying to contact her through Facebook, but being her usual friendly self, she gave the guy a shot. Even if he was a little creepy at first, he was a soldier serving overseas, and she didn't feel that there was any real threat or danger in chatting with somebody online who was so far away. And as a soldier, his job is to protect and defend, Mm -hmm. and so you would have this false sense of security dating a soldier. Yeah. The two started chatting online and sparks started to fly. Harry, who had been born with the name Triman Dillon, was raised in India as an only child in a devout Sikh household. His father was a lieutenant colonel in the Indian Army, and his mother was an academic. Because of his father's position in the Indian Army, the family moved around a lot. And Triman, while naturally socially awkward, began to learn skills needed to make friends wherever he went. But fitting in kind of always eluded him, just the same way as having a permanent house did. Within his family, he had very little control over his life. That would be tough growing up as a military child. Mm -hmm.
1: So it's not really his fault that in his early years, he's not developing those
0: social skills. But he did learn how to kind of manipulate people into friendships. Uh, But people were still able to recognize that he was socially awkward.
1: Yeah, sometimes you just can't hide that awkwardness.
0: Yeah, he's like this oxymoron of a personality where he can perform for people and make them think that he's really comfortable, but yet he has these other moments where he's really socially awkward. Hmm. After graduating high school, Triman began to study a degree in strategy management, an interdisciplinary study of planning and implementing steps to meet specific targets, usually in the executive world. So pretty much he studied to manipulate situations to his advantage to achieve a desired outcome. Or at least that's what Tryman used his discipline to do.
1: And knowing what we know, that sounds super dangerous.
0: Yeah. His studies gave him the opportunity to go abroad at Queen Margaret University in Edinburgh. He jumped at the chance to leave India and his strict family behind. When he arrived in the UK in 2010, he started going by the name Harry and quickly started to enjoy the freedom of being a student in a foreign country without the watchful eye of his parents.
1: Oh, so did he get a little wild when he first got there?
0: He did. The social scene and clubbing were frequent pastimes in his newfound freedom, as well as a very healthy appetite for alcohol and the company of a lot of women. So he's living it up. He is. As his schooling was winding down and Harry was looking for what next to do in his life, I'm sure returning to India and his strict family were not high on his priority list after enjoying so much freedom. So he enlisted in the British Army. And it wasn't a totally out-of-the-blue career choice. His father was a military professional, and Harry had participated in the Indian Army National Cadet Corps for five years until May 2006.
1: Oh, so it would seem like a natural progression.
0: Mm -hmm. But during his time at university... The British Army had come in and they had done a recruitment campaign and that's when he joined the British Army. In the Army, as a six-foot-one powerfully built man, Harry found an environment to really succeed in. He thrived in the controlled atmosphere. It had a familiar feeling of his childhood. Oh, I bet. He attended the Royal Military Sandhurst Academy, which is renowned for its first five weeks of training being one of the toughest experiences that most soldiers will go through. His obsessive nature made him successful. Although superiors would later say that he was often outspoken and manipulative, playing one off against another, and was seen to be someone who would regularly question orders and answer back. So he has this pushback against authority. Yeah, sounds like it. Mm -hmm. Harry's trust and integrity were also questioned by his superiors because there was an incident where he made false allegations against a superior, and it turned out to be completely false. Oh,
1: so he's sounding a little arrogant, like... Nobody can cross me. I can manipulate whoever I want to get the outcome that I want.
0: Mm-hmm. And he also has this kind of compulsive liar attitude to him as well to manipulate things into the situation that he wants them to be. He's a little snake. Mm-hmm. With his peers who were ranked similarly, he did come across as one of the guys. They didn't seem to notice the manipulation or his my way is the only way type attitude. He just came across as being quiet and polite. Oh, But that may have been because he actually didn't spend a lot of time with his platoon, which is quite unusual. In training, Harry always left the base whenever he got the chance. Those that knew him the most would say that he was a little oversensitive and would blow things out of proportion. But none of those character traits that were recognized individually raised enough eyebrows for anyone to pay any particular attention to him.
1: Hmm, that's interesting. So no red
0: flags by the rest of his platoon? No, no. But then after the fact, when they started talking to everybody individually and collecting everybody's individual experiences with them, that's when they're like, oh, all of these things were here. We just all kind of missed it because he was able to do this kind of dual personality.
1: And to be honest, when we meet somebody or we're working with somebody, we're not usually looking for those red flags.
0: No, it's not until after the fact that you start to look for... Some sign that something was wrong.
1: Right. Sometimes those signs are really prevalent, but sometimes it's that hindsight that's 2020, 20, and that's where it's golden.
0: Yeah. Through his continued service with the military, under the rank of Lance Corporal, Harry became a member of the 2nd Battalion of the Royal Regiment of Scotland as a signaller, a soldier with the responsibility of handling communications for the unit. Harry also spent time working for the Royal Guard, protecting the royal family when they visited Scotland.
1: No way. Mm,
0: So he was like a hero's hero. Yeah. When Harry met Alice, he was on tour in Afghanistan. She quickly fell for the handsome soldier that was so sweet in his communications. During the first three months of their online relationship, it sounds like they were completely besotted with each other. Harry was attentive and caring and always took the time to message her, unlike other men who didn't return her calls and never took any initiative. She would brag to her older sister Emma that, quote, he speaks to me every day and he gets really upset if we can't speak. It's so nice. Oh, man. Hindsight.
1: There is a red flag there. But also what just came into my mind is how low as women have we had to set the bar where we're so excited about a man because he speaks to us every day.
0: Yeah, that is a little bit sad, hey? It is. Mm -hmm. Alice would gush to her friends and family about her new boyfriend, who sent her packages and presents and would defend him to anybody who pointed out anything unusual about Harry or the relationship. Alice had a falling out with her friend who had introduced them because she had commented that she didn't completely trust Harry in what he was telling Alice, because he would say and do weird stuff. Harry downplayed Alice's troubles with her friend by saying that he was frequently misunderstood by others, especially women. He even told her about his crazy ex-girlfriend and how she had misunderstood him too, to the point where there was a restraining order filed against him. But it was laughed at of court, all Aww. because it was a misunderstanding.
1: That is such a red flag. Mm-hmm. If the guy you're dating is trying to tell you that the woman who has a restraining order out on him is just crazy, nah, uh Yeah. No.
0: In all of it, Harry made himself the victim. Alice believed Harry's side of the story, and she felt that she was lucky to have such an honest man in her life that would tell her about his past.
1: Yeah, I could see how that would be a thing to kind of bond them. And he's putting on the charm right now. And so it would be easy to believe with how he's treating her,
0: there's no way he could do this to a woman. That's right. If Alice had checked Harry's story about his crazy ex, she might have left him a little sooner. In 2012, Harry had been in a relationship with Aniko Nemeth. After a whirlwind nine-month courtship, the two were engaged to be married, but the bride got cold feet. She broke things off with Harry, and things quickly got nasty. He resisted the separation and repeatedly tried to contact her after she broke it off. A month after the breakup, while out with a male friend, Harry unexpectedly showed up and was very aggressive, up in their faces demanding to know why this man had taken away his girlfriend. He then squared off to Aniko and stopped short of hitting her in public. What? Instead, he spit in her face (gasps) and ran off. What a pig. Mm Mm-hmm. Later, he sent a whole bunch of derogatory and threatening texts, which Iniko turned into the Kent police. Harry was interviewed about the incident, but talked his way out of it by admitting that he had been aggressive, but said the spitting had not been deliberate. It was just a result of him being all riled up and some spittle had spilled from his lips. Just like the lies, I'm guessing.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm starting to feel a little bit riled. What a coward. There is a big difference between spitting in someone's face and just spit from your mouth flying out as you're yelling mm-hmm. and he's so cowardly in the fact that he spits in her face and then runs away like yep. come on and then has to fight her with text
0: and all because he just can't get over the fact that she left him
1: yeah and I don't think he just happened to come across them he was probably stalking her and then saw her with him and couldn't resist lashing out
0: hmm oh what a creep For this incident, Harry was placed on bail with the condition that he stay away from his ex, and the army was notified of his troubling behavior. Hmm. But that was it. He had this restraining order, and as long as he promised to stay away from her, she didn't continue to press charges. The first signs of trouble in Alice and Harry's relationship was noticed by her family on Alice's birthday, before she and Harry even met face-to-face. Oh, On Christmas Eve, Alice had been invited out, and Harry was upset that she was going to attend, so he sent her a text about seeing another woman. This upset Alice and changed her plans. The incident seemed so minor at the time, but when viewed in hindsight, her parents recognized this as one of the warning signs that they had missed. Harry had manipulated Alice's emotions to get a behavior that he had wanted.
1: I was just going to say, this is total manipulation. Mm -hmm. And if I'm just newly dating a guy and he's like, if you're going to go out on Christmas Eve, even though I'm not there. Yeah. On your birthday, Christmas Eve, then I'm going to go see another woman. I'd be like, bye. Give her a hug for me.
0: See you later. If only Alice had done that.
1: Oh, and we're not victim blaming at all. It's easy to say what I would do. But when someone's in that situation, it can be a lot different. And she's already developed feelings for him.
0: Mm -hmm. She's over the moon for him.
1: Yeah, but just how ignorant of him not even wanting her to go out and celebrate her birthday and on Christmas Eve.
0: Yeah. Despite their little spat at Christmas, all was quickly forgotten with some smooth talking by Harry. And the two officially met face to face in January 2016 for the first time. Harry had just returned from Afghanistan on a rest and recuperation leave on the 19th and the two spent the next two weeks together. Alice was over-the-moon happy. Harry returned to Afghanistan in February, and between that time and July, the tone of the relationship started to change. The change was so gradual at first that really nobody noticed it until it was too late. Mm. At first, Harry would shower Alice with gifts and compliments, but then would go offline, not contacting her at all. To explain these periods after the fact, Harry would tell Alice that he had been serving on the front lines and was unable to contact her. With each new patterned absence, Alice would start to fear every day that she didn't hear from him, that perhaps he was on the front lines and in danger, potentially injured. Her older sister, who was an officer in the army, tried to reassure her fears and tell her that Harry was nowhere near the front lines. Harry, in response to her sister's comments, would just lay on platitudes about how, if she really felt anything for him, that she would trust him. He went as far as trying to prove his love by showing how protective he was of her. He asked her to prove her feelings towards him by making her Instagram and social media accounts private so that other men, particularly soldiers, couldn't find her profile.
1: Oh man,
0: so many warning signs going off here. Mm -hmm. It was now March 2016, and the relationship had started to show even more cracks. Despite Alice going along with Harry's demands to prove that she loved him, he continued to become even more jealous and controlling. He would text her all the time, and if she didn't answer right away, he would become upset with her, questioning her about what she was doing and who she was with. He would even ask her to send photos to prove where she was. Which she did because she wanted to prove her feelings towards him and to make Harry feel more secure. She had nothing to hide after all. So what did it really matter to her?
1: And she's just feeling he's in so much love with me that he needs to protect me and know I'm okay.
0: Mm -hmm. And when Harry was happy and secure with the relationship, he would again shower her with gifts and compliments and be very sweet and attentive. And so she was just trying to keep him happy. Harry returned to the UK in April, and that's when things really started to deteriorate. Harry would train in Edinburgh and visit Alice in Newcastle, which was over two hours away. So it wasn't like they were right next to each other. Mm-hmm. It was quite a drive for him to get to her. In mid-April, Alice attended a meeting in Edinburgh for work with a colleague. While out for drinks the night after the meeting, Harry texted her constantly, to the point that the co-worker took her phone and encouraged her to make Harry wait until morning. Alice tried to enjoy herself, but just couldn't relax, and it turns out she had a reason to be anxious. Harry showed up at the hotel that night, upset and looking for a fight. The two stayed up most of the night, arguing, and by the next morning, they were present at breakfast together, but purposely sat away from Alice's friends and colleagues. Alice was so embarrassed by the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Soon after that happened, Alice received a new phone from Harry as a gift. He apologized for his behavior. It was all because he loved her so much. His apology was enough to convince Alice to take him home to meet her family for the first time on May 2nd for the bank holiday.
1: And it's so bad because he's doing these things and trying to tell her he's doing it with love. It's because I love you so much. Mm-hmm. I go crazy, babe, when I can't hear from you. My mind just races. I'm so worried about you. So I have to know where you are at all times. I'm giving you this phone. I'm going to track where you are. And you. I need you to text me back.
0: Right. Remember that she's just turned 24. And she's new at this whole love scene. She doesn't really know what true love is or what a relationship looks like yet. She's still pretty young and naive in the right. whole relationship world. Mm-hmm. Her family's first impressions weren't stellar. They felt that Harry was nice and polite, but a little immature. He had tried too hard to impress them and came across as a little insincere. But they just kind of all chalked that up to meeting the parent jitters.
1: Yeah, but they're
0: getting this he's a BSer kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Perhaps sensing her parents' lack of enthusiasm for Harry, Alice started spending less time at home. In May, there was an incident at her house between her roommates and Harry. Alice had thought that she had overheard one of her roommates call her a derogatory name and had told Harry about it. He immediately jumped to her defense and threatened the roommate. The threat was scary enough that the roommate considered going straight to the police, but out of respect for Alice, gave her a warning that if Harry did anything like that again, he would go to the police.
1: Hmm. So she had a male roommate.
0: Yeah, she lived in a house full of other roommates. She had several male roommates and a female roommate as well.
1: Oh, and that must have made him crazy going out of his mind knowing that she's living in the same house as a man. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm sure nothing was happening, but his insecurities would have been going crazy.
0: Yes. And so he makes this living situation for her so difficult. Oh, Yeah. Her roommates started to pull away from their relationship with her, and Alice started to look for a new place to live because of the tension between Harry and the roommates.
1: Oh, man.
0: Alice told a co-worker around this time that, quote, Before I met him, I never fell out with anyone. Alice felt miserable because she felt like she was losing all of her friends. Her relationships were dwindling, and the only one that really... Still existed was the one with her and Harry.
1: Which is so frustrating because it's because of Harry that all of her other relationships are dwindling. And that's what abusers do. They want to isolate you from your family, from your
0: friends, from those people who are going to help you. Mm-hmm. That's the pattern. Yeah. Right? That's what makes you rely on them more and second guess leaving them even yeah. more.
1: Yep. Because then he's like, no, hun, I got you. I'll never leave you. All these other people are
0: fake. I'm the one here for you. Mm hmm. But that relationship with Harry, it wasn't going well. The two were fighting more and more. Harry's once subtle controlling ways were becoming more overt. He began to have an opinion about the way that she dressed and what she spent her money on. Christy's rolling her eyes. I
1: am. I should say, I'm rolling my eyes, listeners. You can't see it, but oh my goodness.
0: At the same time, Harry started telling Alice about his past involvement with gangs in India and knowing people that would carry out acid attacks on women that disobeyed. He laid groundwork that made him this powerful soldier that was trained in combat with scary connections and as a communications officer could find out any information. He did all of this to intimidate Alice and make her think twice about leaving him.
1: Oh my goodness. He's wanting her to now be fearful. Mm -hmm. He wants her dependent on him and to be afraid of him.
0: Yeah. And Alice had become suspicious that Harry was tracing her online interactions and her social media accounts secretly. He would know things she thought were private and would become angry over things he felt that she was keeping from him. Harry would use his conniving communication skills to confuse the issues of his guilt when he was confronted. At one point, Harry would proudly tell her that he could definitely hack into her accounts if he wanted to, but then in the next moment he would be telling her that if she truly trusted him, how could she possibly believe that he would do something like that?
1: He's just all over the place, and he probably could hack into her stuff. He was trained in the military communications.
0: Oh, he most definitely has the ability to. Their relationship should have reached a tipping point in June, just a little over six months after having met each other face-to-face. Alice was contacted by a woman on Facebook who said that Harry had invited her to a military ball, the same one he had invited Alice to. The woman shared with Alice that the two had met on Tinder and that Harry had quite an active profile on there.
1: It was active at the time that they're dating.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, oh, you such a dirtbag. Alice was devastated. Not only had she been bragging to her friends and family about this ball and had already bought a dress, but this man who she had lost so many relationships over wasn't who she thought. She had been suspicious of Harry's behavior before, but he'd always made her believe that she was being paranoid or just being a crazy, jealous person. And that, my friends, is called gaslighting. You're right, total gaslighting. Now confronted with the evidence of another woman, Alice's eyes were open to all the other times when she thought something fishy was up. When he would disappear for periods of time online or for days in person. When he would spend time in her female roommate's room alone Every one of those times, he had gaslighted her, tricking her into believing that she was the crazy one. Oh, he's so vile. Mm-hmm. He's just so enraging.
1: And I'm 100% sure he feels like he is entitled
0: to all of that. Mm-hmm. The whole time Harry was with Alice, there had been other women as well. He would meet up with them online and lie to them, saying that he was an awkward person that hadn't dated much and that he had never met anyone online before. He would explain the times that he was absent from the other woman's relationships by telling one woman that their intimate connection had been so strong that he had needed time to process it all. And so he would take a couple months off and really hook things up with Alice again and then go back to other women.
1: What a player. Mm-hmm. And you said he's awkward, but he obviously has a way with the ladies. So he must be a bit of a schmoozer.
0: He is. He had learned how to manipulate people really well. Hmm. But if you spent any extended time with him, then you recognized that he was awkward. Or if you weren't the target of his manipulation, if you weren't the one that he was trying to coerce or snow over, then you could kind of see through it. Harry had returned to the same woman again and told her that he wanted a casual relationship because his job was just too chaotic. But she turned him down, but he didn't take no for an answer from her and kept trying to contact her. Men like this are so dangerous. Mm -hmm.
1: If a man doesn't take no as an answer,
0: run. Yes. All the time that he was with these other women, he would be sending Alice texts and checking up on her whereabouts, demanding that she prove her fidelity with pictures and making her feel like she was the untrustworthy one.
1: But would never return the favor by sending pictures of himself where he was at.
0: Mm -hmm. Because he was with other women.
1: So all those times where she thought he was on the front lines for two weeks, he was just with other women.
0: Yeah. And her sister had tried to explain that to her. Right. Harry manipulated her into thinking that he was in love with her when really he was just obsessed with the possession of her and their relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. He doesn't care one bit about her.
0: No, he's just trying to collect all these women. Unfortunately, Alice was taken in again by Harry's smooth talking. Initially, he denied everything about the dating accounts and meeting up with other women. But once he knew he was caught, he claimed that he had only created a Tinder profile, but denied any of the other accounts. In a classic manipulative move for a dirtbag, he cops to the lesser offense, and then pushes blame on Alice. Oh. He said the only reason he was messaging other women was that he and Alice had been arguing a lot and he wanted to make himself feel better. It really was her fault that he was feeling so insecure.
1: Poor Harry. I hate when people do this. It's your fault that I'm being a dirtbag and yeah. stepping out on you, especially when he's doing it so much.
0: Oh, it's a total game to him. Yeah. He's such a dirtbag. He is. Alice admitted to a confidant that she stayed with him because she said that, quote, she did not want to be on her own. Alice said that she had no friends and no one seemed to like her anymore, that Harry was the only person that she had now. So he's just made her self-esteem plummet. Mm -hmm. This once energetic life of the party girl who had once had so many friends and who was close to her family had been isolated by Harry's controlling behaviors. He had isolated her from everyone else so that he could have all of her attention to himself. In early July, Alice moved out of the shared house in Newcastle into a flat in Gateshead with a co-worker. All because her relationship with her roommates had deteriorated because of Harry's presence in her life. Harry started to give Alice presents just to take them away from her if he became angry about something that she did. He also amped up his control over her money making her pay for almost everything by saying that he had no money and that if she loved him, she wouldn't have any problem with it at all. Around this time, Harry actually purchased himself a new BMW car.
1: With her money.
0: With his money that he was saving because she was buying everything else.
1: Oh, my goodness. And then if she questioned, he's probably, what, well, you don't think I deserve nice things. I've worked hard for my money. Feeding her all these
0: lies. Yeah. And again, just saying, well, if you love me, then you won't even question me. Oh. And I can almost see that Alice at this point is almost at a point of escalation of commitment. She has given up already so much for him. And she's done all this because she's convinced herself that she does love him.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a classic
0: abuser case hmm. Alice would have to send Harry pictures daily to show him her choice of outfit. He would share his approval of ones that covered everything up so that no one else could see her. And he refused to take her out anymore because, quote, he didn't want people looking at her.
1: She doesn't belong to you, buddy. She's not your possession. She is a person. It's just so crazy.
0: He's treating her like she's one of his little trinkets. hmm. And it's all mine. It makes me wonder how much of these things that he's fearful of or these standards that he's trying to push on her are actually standards that he was taught as a youth of what a respectable woman does. And a woman would submit to a man and just be available for him whenever he wanted.
1: True. So he's kind of wanting the best of both worlds. He's wanting to invoke that strict tradition onto her, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't want to have those for himself. He wants to be able to go and sleep with as many women as he wants, do whatever he wants, party, all that kind of stuff. But she has to be this good little woman who's under his thumb at all times.
0: Yes. Oh. but. But I do think that it gives some understanding to kind of some of the demands that he's making on her.
1: Right. Not saying that this is how his culture would treat every woman. No. But you can see how it may have motivated where he's going and then he's taking it to the extreme.
0: Right. It laid a basis maybe.
1: Yes. But then he totally goes past the line. It's kind of like how a cult will come from one religion and then they're no longer practicing what that religion teaches, but they've based it off of that and they've taken it to the new extreme from their own ideas. Right.
0: So Harry would send Alice disturbing text when she raised any objections to his domineering ways. He would text her saying, quote, what do I have to do to prove I love you? Do I have to cut off both my arms or did he have to write her a letter in blood?
1: He's just being so cruel to her. Like he is emotionally abusing this woman. Unbelievably.
0: Mm-hmm. In mid-July, Alice attended a barbecue with friends without Harry. She was anxious and nervous the whole night, receiving constant texts from him and eventually had to leave the party early when Harry showed up unexpectedly to retrieve her.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: She's not your property, Harry. Not at all. And remember, he's having to drive two hours from his barracks to where she lives. Oh. On July 22nd, she attended a family holiday in Cornwall with Harry, and her family noticed how much Alice had changed since the last time they had seen her. She seemed uncharistically glum and unsmiling. It was clear she was unhappy and they felt that she had lost weight. She had been drinking more and had been dieting because Harry kept poking fun at her weight. What? Alice and Harry left the holiday early because the tensions were high between the couple and with Alice's family.
1: Oh my goodness. Just when I think he can't get any worse. I don't care what size your body is or what you look like. Nobody has the right to poke fun or to tell you to change it.
0: No. During the first week in August, Alice received more evidence that Harry was still active on dating apps and seeing other women. This was the final straw for Alice. She confronted Harry and slapped him across the face as she broke off the relationship. Good. That must have felt so good. Mm -hmm. The stalking started almost immediately. Harry had no intention of letting the relationship go. On August 5th, Alice confided in her sister Emma about her suspicions that Harry had accessed her Facebook and email accounts and was spying on her private conversations. Besides emails that would mysteriously go missing, Alice believed that she had proof in a recorded text conversation that he was monitoring her social media. Harry had made a comment in one of his many texts that he had sent her about a private issue with one of her friends. Alice replied to the text saying, quote, I am sure you can find a way to hack into my Facebook and ask her why. To which he replied, true. Alice responded, once you've realized I've done nothing to break your trust, can you stop hacking into my stuff? Harry replied, no.
1: Wow. So he's just being blatant about it now.
0: Mm -hmm. The idea that Harry could see all of her communications made Alice tense and uneasy. She felt like she couldn't use any of her electronic devices to contact anyone without Harry knowing. The constant feeling that he was watching her all the time just increased her social isolation from everyone else. Emma tried to encourage her to go to the police with her suspicions, but Alice was wary to do it because she had slapped him and she felt that he would just turn the whole situation around on her and make the police laugh her out of the precinct, just like his ex before her.
1: And I wonder how much in the back of her mind she's remembering the things he said about how he has these connections of people that can hurt her, guys that throw acid on women, all these different things. I would be feeling leery
0: myself. Oh, I'm sure they're all playing on her mind Mm -hmm. because, again, like she's relating herself to that crazy ex. She doesn't want to look like that crazy ex that he was always complaining about.
1: Right. And this is a whole new way of terrorizing people electronically. Mm -hmm. That way back, people didn't have to worry about, but that's becoming a bigger issue
0: nowadays. It absolutely is. And it actually plays into one more reason that Alice was reluctant to go to the police. She feared retaliation from Harry. He had made it clear to her how powerful he was. And if physical power wasn't enough, he had made these veiled threats to disclose intimate photos of Alice that were in his possession. Images that he had coerced her to take telling her that everyone in the barracks received similar messages from their girlfriends. And if she loved him, she would send them them.
1: Oh, that is a real thing that's happening right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: he's blackmailing her
0: yeah, with these photos that he has of her.
1: Yeah, this has become a big thing. Even in Canada, I know that there have been laws passed now about revenge porn. When people are coming out of a relationship... And they will share intimate photos that have been shared with them willingly during the relationship. But then they get mad, they break up, and they blast out these photos, which is so
0: despicable. It is such a dirtbag move. It is. And I just feel so bad for her because she hadn't wanted to take them, but she felt that she needed to take them to make him feel secure in their relationship. Yeah, that is really sad. In the ensuing weeks, Harry bombarded Alice with phone calls, voice messages, texts, and emails. In some, he professes his undying love, and in others, he uses emotional blackmail. On the 12th, he blocked her from her own Facebook account so that, in his words, she couldn't access Tinder. That way, she couldn't start a new relationship with anybody else.
1: What? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: On July 16th, he contacted her mother and tried to persuade her to plead his case with her daughter, and he even called her mom.
1: That is so brazen. Did she tell him to go fly a kite?
0: Yeah. And when that didn't work, on the 17th, he called Alice and threatened to kill himself if she did not come back to him. This emotional blackmail was effective. It made Alice upset and panicked. She called Emma, who used her connections in the army to contact the relevant battalion orderly officer at Glencourse barracks to check on Harry. Emma shared with the officer that Harry was being abusive towards Alice and looking for attention. There were no official reports of what the battalion orderly did with that information, but Emma said she was informed that the necessary welfare checks had been made on Harry, and he was fine with no signs of stress. He was confused as to why anyone would turn up in his room. He denied, saying he was going to kill himself and blamed Alice for making things up.
1: So just shows how much of a manipulator he's Mm being. He has no plans of taking his own life, but he wants her to be manipulated into taking him back. And he's banking on her being the kind-hearted person that
0: she is. He's using that against her. Absolutely. In September, Alice visited her sister in Germany for the weekend. Emma noticed how much weight, again, Alice had lost. Alice said it was because she was stressed out about Harry's behavior and was forgetting to eat. Alice was trying to move on, but Harry was making it impossible with his stalking. She blocked him from everything that she could and sent him very clear messages that she wanted no further contact with him. But he found ways around her blocks, using his friend's phones and creating fake Facebook accounts to contact her. Alice met a young man while visiting Emma, who she tried to develop a friendship with using WhatsApp. But again, Harry found a way to hack into that messaging as well. He contacted the man on September 22nd, telling him that Alice had been lying about not wanting to be with Harry. And he even sent screenshots of text messages to this guy claiming that they confirmed what he was trying to tell him. That she's playing both of us off each other, that she really wants to be with me. And so this poor guy, caught in the middle of all this drama, unfortunately told Alice that he wouldn't contact her for a while so she could sort things out with Harry.
1: Which is a normal response.
0: Oh, absolutely for this guy. But I just feel so bad for Alice. Yeah. After four days of silence, Alice finally convinced his new fellow of the real situation. And they continued their friendship, making plans for the man to visit from Germany later in October. Okay. So she eventually does get him to believe her that she's totally over Harry. This experience, though, made Alice terrified about the lengths that Harry was willing to go to. She attempted to call the non-emergency line for the Northumberland police on September 24th. She waited on hold for almost seven minutes and then decided that the line was too busy and that she would call back later.
1: Because this was the non-emergency
0: line. Right. She didn't want to make a big fuss because she didn't want to come across as that crazy ex-girlfriend. On September 30th, Harry... After failing to set up a hookup with a woman online, traveled 386 kilometers or 240 miles round trip from his barracks to Alice's flat. Minutes before 10 p.m., Alice received an angry voicemail from Harry saying that he didn't know what was going on. Just a little over 15 minutes later, she heard a knock at the door and went to answer it, but no one was there. Alice quickly called Harry back and asked him where he was she's like, he's at my apartment.
1: He's tormenting
0: her. Mm -hmm. He lied and said that he was in Princess Gardens in Edinburgh, but that he was so glad that she had called him. He used this opportunity to plead his case to get back with her. No. Crying and carrying on, telling her everything that he felt she wanted to hear, trying to convince her to let him back in her life. She doesn't. Not at all. Oh, good. When she finally got off the phone with the sobbing Harry, she hears another knock at the door. Again, she goes and looks through the peephole and no one is there. So he was there. He had to have been there. He's most definitely there because a third knock came, this time from her bedroom window. (gasps) Alice opened the curtains and there was Harry.
1: Oh my gosh. Could you imagine the terror that (laughs) would have flown through her in that moment?
0: She already knows that he is berserk and emotionally worked up. Mm-hmm. Harry was just standing there with flowers and chocolates. What? He placed the flowers and chocolates on the windowsill and then started walking backwards with his hands in the air, stealthily disappearing into the night's darkness.
1: Yeah, that's not normal, dude. You don't play Nicky Nicky Nine Door at the front and then show up at her bedroom window?
0: So creepy. Yeah. Alice was absolutely terrified now. And had to call a friend to come and stay with her at the flat. Yeah. That evening at 1035, she received another voicemail from Harry saying he would appreciate another return call from her. Harry also sent a text letting her know that he had been in the garden since 5 p.m. just doing reconnaissance. So he'd been sitting out in her backyard. And walked straight out. And walked out.
1: And where in his right mind does he think that, oh, yeah, that's going to turn me on. Great. Come on in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But if you watch those rom-com movies, they come up to the window. They do these great romantic gestures.
1: Yeah, but they don't sit in your backyard stalking you for five hours. That's creepy. It's so creepy. And up until this point, he's not been
0: physical with her, correct? Correct. Okay. Just past midnight, though, he sent another voicemail trying to explain his actions. He said, quote, You said guys like me end up killing people. That's why I just left them there and walked straight out. To prove a point that killing you is something that I've never, ever, ever thought about. And that I will never, ever even think about that. If you want to go to the police, go to the police. But think about what we're talking about. I've literally done nothing. I've never hurt you. Never done anything physical to you. No, I don't want to kill you. I'm not intending to kill you. That's all I wanted to say. That I didn't want to kill you. That's why I gave you chocolates and flowers and walked out straight away. He refers to not wanting to kill her five different times. Melissa, if you put that
1: into Google Translate, it's going to come out and say, I'm thinking about killing you. Exactly. Nobody puts that in there if they're not thinking about killing you.
0: It's just so crazy. At 40 minutes past midnight, Alice places a call to the 101 non-emergency number and told the call handler of the Northumberland police that she needed a bit of advice about her boyfriend that she had split from. Alice was interviewed about her concerns the next day, October 2nd, at 1225, because she was assessed to be a medium risk. The police officer interviewed Alice for two hours, and she told them everything. She tells them that she is scared and terrified of Harry's actions, and that she is being stalked and wants it to stop. She states that Harry is completely obsessed with her and trying to manipulate her using intimate photos, as well as accessing her social media accounts. The officer took her complaint seriously and provided her with information and options. A police information notice or PIN was issued for Harry. As it was explained to Alice, this would mean that if Harry came near her again or tried to contact her, he would be arrested. The officer referred her to victims first as a support and he lets her know that he's going to try and retrieve the intimate photos. Alice is relieved by this interaction, and she tells her families that she feels like this is finally going to be over.
1: Yeah, because finally someone is willing to help her.
0: Mm-hmm. As promised, the police officer contacts the army barracks in Scotland and requests that Harry's superiors should speak to him about not contacting Alice and for the intermittent photos to be deleted. Harry is formally interviewed about the situation on October 3rd. He denied the allegations, claiming that Alice blows hot and cold and physically abuses him. His superiors tell him to stay away from Alice and to cease any further contact with her. After his military reprimand, Harry immediately disobeys orders and ships Alice a care package of a letter, notebook, and photographs, not the one she wanted returned.
1: And they didn't go on to Harry's electronics and make him delete those photos either.
0: No. Nope. <sighs> Harry was spoken with several times by the unit welfare officer over the coming days, and it was noted that he was angry, depressed, and feeling overwhelmed. He was repeatedly told to stay away from Alice. And honestly, if the army can't stop you from approaching this woman, who can? Yeah. Alice received the package on October 7th. In the letter, Harry initially apologizes for everything that he has done and then said he knew Alice had called the police on him and he was in trouble because of it. He reaffirmed that he had come down to see her with flowers and chocolates to reassure her that he would never hurt her and went on to talk about Alice belonging now to another man. (sighs) Just his wording of you belong to this other man now shows that he thinks Alice is a possession.
1: Totally. Mm -hmm. No, she doesn't belong to anybody. She can choose who she wants to share her life with, but she's not giving her life to you.
0: So when Alice receives this package, she immediately calls the non-emergency line again to report this contact. Mm -hmm. Both times Alice talks to someone at the non-emergency line, she is calm and polite. And both times her calls are documented as harassment without fear. Because she wasn't irate or overly emotional, it doesn't seem as if she was taken very seriously. Because she was able to remain calm, it had been interpreted that that must mean that she wasn't really afraid of the man who was stalking her.
1: What? That is the most ridiculous
0: thing ever. hmm And you can listen to these recordings of her calls to the non-emergency lines, and you can tell that she's trying to be very polite. She doesn't want to come off like this crazy ex that she just wants this taken care of.
1: And she wants to be level-headed enough to portray the right information. Mm-hmm. So what, we have to be frantic and crying and screaming to be taken seriously?
0: Apparently. That's bizarre. Yeah. According to the officer that interviewed Alice the second time, he asked Alice if she wanted Harry arrested. Alice replied no because she didn't want him to get in trouble at work, but that she did want him to stop contacting her. So they didn't go out and arrest him. Hmm. From Alice's family, they say that after contacting the police the second time, Alice felt completely fobbed off. The family contends that Alice expected Harry to be arrested automatically once the pin was breached because that's how it was described to her by the first police officer. Because
1: she had said she didn't want him arrested.
0: Right. So her family says that the fact that she made the second call proves that she did want the arrest to happen. But Alice had told both her mother and her sister that the way the police officer had asked by saying, what do you want us to do about it, arrest him? was with a tone that suggested this would be a ridiculous course of action. Alice felt that she was wasting their time and therefore she felt like she was obligated to say no.
1: That's she terrible. Is
0: st- Shame on them. It is super sad. The police do follow up with the army and Harry is again approached by his superiors. He rubs off the whole matter as a misunderstanding, saying that, quote, he was in a relationship with a girl who had gone off with another guy in Germany and that she was avoiding him. He said he was still in a relationship with Alice and that he was trying to talk her around.
1: So just totally blaming her.
0: Mm -hmm. The next day, he contacted Alice's mom again through Facebook very early in the morning, again calling her mom and telling her that he is upset and still wants to be with Alice. Alice contacted her mom on the same day, too. She is scared and has been fixating on Harry's earlier voicemail that said he wasn't going to kill her over and over again. Yeah, that would have freaked me out so much. Mm -hmm. They talked about stalking websites and moving flats. But her mom tells her to trust the police advice and that if she just ignores him, he will go away. And her mom feels, too, that because the police are dealing with the matter, that moving flats might be a little bit premature. So she's trying to calm her down. Yeah.
1: And I mean, that's so unfortunate because her mom had no idea what was about to happen.
0: No. And that's the whole point that her parents make after this is that they missed all the warning signs. And so that's why they want Alice's story told over and over and over again so that people learn the warning signs.
1: Yeah. If you're in a relationship that sounds similar to this or you know somebody who is in a relationship that sounds similar to this, it's a serious matter and -hmm. should not be taken lightly.
0: You're absolutely right. On October 10th, Harry uses his manipulating ways and contacts a sergeant in the army, an old buddy of his. He tells him that he's been having difficulty with Alice. He says that they have been arguing a lot and that she has been physical with him a few times and that he's been told to leave her alone. Harry tells his sergeant buddy that he believes Alice is trying to deliberately set him up to be arrested. His friend recognizes that Harry's pretty angry about this and showing signs of stress and advises him just to stay away from Alice. Yeah. That same day, through an email, the army informs the first police officer that Alice spoke with that Harry has been spoken to, but that the army considers the matter a civil matter that simply because Harry is a soldier does not necessarily mean that the army, as his employer, have to play any further role.
1: So they're washing their hands of it. Mm
0: -hmm. They're like, stop contacting us and telling us what to do with our employee.
1: Oh, I wonder how they felt later. And as you were telling me that, I wonder, because we've talked a few times about dirtbags who blame the victim. It's their fault. I'm the one who's at risk. Do you think they believe that in a sense to justify their actions?
0: Oh, I think he totally believes it.
1: I think they must believe it to a degree.
0: After getting his friend to vouch for him, Harry ignores his sergeant friend's advice and drives to Alice's apartment. He creeps through the back garden and takes pictures of her open bathroom window. That same day on October 10th.
1: It's hard because is an employer responsible for what their employee is doing outside of work? No. Like if you worked at Walmart, you wouldn't be calling Walmart to say, you know, your employee is doing this to me. But it's a little different when he's in the military.
0: I feel it is because they have trained him to give him the skills to do these creeping missions that he's doing in her backyard
1: yeah and he's been hired by the government to protect the citizens of that country
0: Mm -hmm. if i was a teacher and the police came and told my work site that i had committed child abuse i wouldn't be allowed to work there anymore yeah and so there has to be some sort of accountability for letting him continue to work with guns and be in a position of authority
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I think they
0: dropped the ball. Yeah. Alice complains to her sister the next day about the lack of police support stopping Harry from stalking her. In a text, she tells her sister that she feels that they will only respond when he stabs her. And sadly, it's true.
1: And that happens so much where they're basically, if he hasn't hurt you, there's nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. So then what, you're expected to just wait until you're hurt.
0: Yeah. The next day, Alice goes to work trying to maintain her regular routine, doing her best to ignore Harry so that he goes away. She gets a ride home from a friend to her central Gateshood two-bedroom flat. When she gets home, she continues her conversation with her friend in Germany who is flying in the next day. The messages with her potential new boyfriend stop at 6 p.m. And Alice goes into the bathroom to try on dresses for her date the next night. Harry who has made an over two-hour trip from his barracks, has been waiting outside of her apartment. He has kept himself busy contacting women on Tinder while he waited for Alice to get home from work. He notices the bathroom light on in Alice's flat and realizes that she is finally home. Using the open window that he had previously taken pictures of, Harry entered the bathroom and launched a surprise attack on Alice. She fought back, but Harry was six foot one, outweighed her, and was trained in combat. He savagely attacked her, putting his weight on her back and cut her throat from ear to ear six <gasps> times.
1: Six times?
0: Cutting through to the spine.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: He just went full force. Mm-hmm. <gasps> All rage. She did not have a fighting chance. Nope. In total, Alice suffered 24 wounds from the vicious attack and Harry didn't have a single one.
1: Melissa, that's so horrific.
0: It makes it even more horrific because... It so clearly was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: the writing was on the wall.
0: Alice's lifeless body was found at 6.34 p.m. by her flatmate Maxine. Upon returning home, Maxine was unable to get in the house because it was bolted from the inside. After trying to get a hold of Alice, she climbed through the open window. The horrific scene she came upon was not one that she will ever forget. That's just something you never could get over. No. When police respond to her chilling 911 call, It doesn't take long for them to establish who the prime suspect is. The man that Alice has been telling them she is terrified of. And Maxine actually even gives them Harry's name during the 911 call.
1: Yeah, everybody knew it. There was no question who did this. Mm -hmm. And it's so frustrating because look how many times she went to them for help.
0: Yeah, everybody knew what he was doing to her. Yeah. Harry was arrested that evening in his barracks. On his drive back to Edinburgh, he had thrown out Alice's phone and the knife along the way. Initially, Harry claims that he didn't commit any murder, that he had been at the house to talk things through with Alice and that she had attacked him. She was the violent one after all.
1: Yeah, and he has no wounds on him.
0: Yeah. In a struggle, he had tried to disarm her, but she had cut herself when he blocked a lunge, and the knife stabbed her when she fell down onto the floor. I don't know what he was thinking, but he must have totally forgot in his rage just how many times he had stabbed her.
1: And slit her throat six times? Mm-hmm. That's not accidentally falling on a knife.
0: No, that's what I mean. He tells him this story that obviously is not true.
1: Mm-mm. The two
0: wounds that he describes in no way count for any of the wounds on Alice's body.
1: And were probably not the lethal wounds either. No. Which just speaks to how much rage he had in him. I just can't even get over. It. I'm still stuck on that. Cutting her throat six times. That is so much overkill.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting to me because to me that says this is a hugely emotional attack. Yes. Right? That he was really feeling something towards Alice. Yet his actions of going after other women. And like he was on Tinder while he was waiting for her to get home. show me that he couldn't have had that much of an emotional connection to her. Oh, I think absolutely
1: he did. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I do. I just think he felt so entitled that he could have all the extra sexual relationships that he wanted, that he deserved that. And she was pushing him away. So he was justified in getting mm. it from somebody else.
0: I guess, yeah.
1: I think his feelings for her turned into a full-blown
0: obsession. Obsession and possession.
1: Yes, And I'm wondering if it happened that night because he has still hacked into her information. He knew that this other man was coming the next day.
0: Oh, I totally think so. And that phone that he had given her earlier, I largely suspect that that's how he was hacking into all of her things all the time because Mm -hmm. he had given her that phone. He had provided it for her.
1: Right. He probably had the software already all installed in there so that he could monitor her every move.
0: Mm hmm. So during the trial in April 2017, Harry again tries to tell this story about Alice accidentally falling on the knife. (laughs) When asked about why he would abandon the murder scene, he tried to manipulate the jury by gaining sympathy. He claimed that seeing Alice's blood had given him a flashback to a helicopter crash in which five colleagues died, including one who had had his throat cut by his visor. So he tried to use this PTSD defense. The prosecution poked holes all through this story and proved that Harry had never seen any of those casualties. There had been a terrible helicopter crash where five soldiers had died, but he hadn't been a part of the crash. He had only been at the site two days later to guard the crash site.
1: Yeah, well, you said he never really was on the front lines.
0: Yeah, but he tried to manipulate sympathies from the jury and to use the deaths of other soldiers as a defense to do that.
1: Oh, that is so low. hmm How dare you? Yeah. Honestly.
0: It's just wrong. Yeah. Nobody had any sympathy towards him. As his verdict was read by the jury that had deliberated only two hours, Harry showed no emotion at all. He hadn't shown any emotion during the whole trial. A fact that angered the judge and was addressed in his sentencing statement. Judge Paul Sloan said, Not a shed of remorse have you shown from first to last. Indeed, you were concentrating so hard on getting your story right when giving evidence, you forgot to even shed a crocodile tear. Harry, at 26, was sentenced to at least 22 years in HMP Durham. Since then, he has appealed his sentence, but it's been denied so far.
1: Thank goodness. Hopefully it continues to be. Mm -hmm. But he's still going to be a young enough man when he's released.
0: Yeah, he'll only be 48.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: In the aftermath of the trial, Alice's family have made it their mission to share Alice's story and to raise awareness about coercive control and stalking. They started the Alice Ruggles Trust and Lobby to bring about lasting improvements in the management of perpetrators and the protection of victims. Dr. Sue Hills, Alice's mother, made this statement, quote, We believe there are important lessons to be learned from what happened to Alice. We didn't think that she was the sort of girl that something like this could happen to. We welcomed him into our family, and he came across as a normal person. Unfortunately, he was a cruel, manipulative bully who made Alice miserable and took her away from us. With hindsight, there were many signs of stalking and coercive behavior that we did not recognize. Everybody should know these signs. We all hope to do as much as we can from now on, to learn lessons, to raise awareness, and ultimately, we all sincerely hope to prevent what happened to Alice happening to others.
1: Wow, how brave of her to share that because you would feel that guilt as a parent for missing those signs. And so instead of just taking that inward, to stand as an advocate and share that story so that hopefully it can prevent it from happening to someone else. Because not only did he take her life, he
0: made the last years of her life a living hell. Mm-hmm. He took that joy away from her as well. Yeah. And I thought it was so sad in one of the victim impact statements, her mom talks about how she has to now live with the fact that she told her just to ignore him, just pretend that he isn't there. Yeah, ignore him and he'll go away eventually. Yeah, that was her advice. And so she has to live with that. And so now she fights even harder. And I think the strength of this family to live in their pain all the time, to have it rehashed all the time, to tell their story over and over again, just so it doesn't happen to somebody else's child is an amazing thing to do. Mm -hmm. It really is. And it really speaks to what beautiful people they are. Yeah. In the years since Alice's death, there have been positive changes brought about by the domestic homicide review into her death and the events surrounding it. At the local, regional and national level, the UK is making changes to help bring awareness to stalking cases, and this provides a little comfort for Alice's family. They are starting to train officers on how to recognize stalking and when somebody isn't screaming hysterical on the phone doesn't mean that they're not afraid. Mhm. And that we shouldn't have to wait till it becomes physically violent to intervene. And that was really the case with Harry, is that he had never abused her until he slit her throat.
1: Yeah, the first time was the last and only time.
0: Yeah. She was not given a second chance of the physical abuse. Not at all. And that is the case of the manipulating, gaslighting weasel of a man, the dirtbag, Tryman Harry Dillon. Wow. That was an emotional ride. The last couple of cases that we have talked about have been ones that have seemed so preventable. In hindsight. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. This case as well as definitely the one I covered last week about Mary and Roxanne.
0: Yeah. And hopefully our listeners will know a few more of the signs of stalking and coercive relationships and what's healthy and what's not. Mm-hmm. And if they are in one of those relationships that they have the courage to ask for help. And if you know somebody that's in one of those relationships to offer help. For sure. It needs to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So with that, we hope you all stay
1: safe out there. Take care of one another and we'll see you again next week. See ya. Bye. I knew you were going to say that.
0: Yeah, let my stomach talk. Hold on.
1: <laughs> we were going back and forth talking about different things, and we're like, oh, we'll just paste that in. And I'm like, it's not that no. easy. Just paste it in.
0: <laughs> I was yelling at us. <laughs> A way of trying to contract her. Contract.
1: <laughs> that sounds gross.
0: Trying to contract her through Facebook. Contractor, you said oh. again. Did I? Oh, yeah. man. He was on tour in Afghanistan. Oh. Where? A scan a scan? When, when Harry met Sally.
1: That's totally came into my mind. Why I was not? like, oh, why isn't her name Sally? <laughs> that is totally what came. You're like, when Harry met. <laughs> uh, no, we just talked about that last week. Don't cut off any more arms. <laughs> mind you for Harry, maybe.
0: Saying that he would repreciate. Rep- repreciate. appreciate
1: right? Oh, man. <laughs> Melissa, I rep- appreciate you. <laughs> so glad <laughs>
0: She tells them that she is scared and terrified of oh, Harry's... Oh, sorry, head. I
1: burped. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And did she... And <laughs> Sorry, I can't say that. Sure. Um...
0: Did she tell him to take a hike? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm
1: like, how do I say this and make it sound okay that yeah. I can air it?